we are working through the fruit of the Spirit, today's fruit is peace. I had two thoughts that came to mind as I was preparing this message. And the first one was when Jesus said to the storm, peace be still. And the second one was daying in the lion's den. And I'm gonna gonna dig into both of those contrasting stories a little bit today. But I found it kind of coincidental not ironic act of God, whatever you want to call it, that musicians today hit on both of those concepts, the concepts of God walking with us through our struggles and giving us peace, and God solving our problems so that we don't have to face them. But Galatians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your peace. God, we thank you that in an upside down, distorted, topsy-turvy, confused world, that we can hold tight to you and to your peace, that you walk with us as we go through things in life, or that you stop things and that you calm the storms. Lord, I'm asking that you go with us through service today. God, that you minister to each and every one of us that are here. God, that you would share and impart something into each and every one of our hearts this morning. That we would be able to carry with us, God, as we continue, not just into this next week, but as we continue into our life. Lord, I'm asking that we would be able to bring our our minds into subjection just just for this short 30 minutes today, Lord. As we dig into your word, that our hearts would be fully focused on what you have to say. And God, that today could be a decision point and a turning point in somebody's life. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 through 24. I would say you're getting sick of it, but I hope you never get sick of hearing this passage of Scripture because it's a good one. So, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. An apple tree bears apples, an orange tree bears oranges, a banana tree bears bananas, and a palm tree bears coconuts. But you can recognize people by the fruit that they bear. And when we have the Holy Ghost working within us, when we are spiritual individuals, spiritual with the Holy Ghost, then we bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. God is love. When we have God's love, when we have God, we have the Holy Ghost, we have love, and we also reflect his love into this world. God is joy. When we have God, we can feel his joy. We can also share that joy with the Lord. And the one we're talking about today, God is peace. 
when we have the Holy Spirit, we can feel the peace of God. There is nowhere more peaceful in this world than being in the presence of God. And when we can tap into that, not just on a daily basis, but an hourly basis, we can have his peace and we can demonstrate the peace that we have through trials and tribulations to people around us. The simplest definition of peace is rest. Peace is almost the exact opposite of anxiety. Being at peace is having rest. There's the great story about the fishermen out on the sea with Jesus and the storms coming and the boat's shaking and Jesus, with all of his peace, is sleeping in the boat. And we all love this story where the, where the fishermen wake Jesus up and tell him that the boat's about to capsize. And Jesus says, peace be still. And the storm stops. And it's a beautiful message about how God can calm any storm. And we like to sing and dance about and say, won't he do it? But that's not how all of the stories in the Bible go. Yes, we know that Jesus can heal the blind. Yes, we know that Jesus can heal the cancers. Yes, we know that Jesus can work miracles. Yes, we know that Jesus can help us get a raise at work, which helps us to pay our bills. We know he can do all of those things. But more often than not, when you read through the Bible stories, you don't find Jesus just flipping situations over on their head. Instead, you find the peace of God walking with people. You see the story of Noah. God told Noah to build an ark. God gave Noah the instruction to prepare. God didn't send a worldwide flood that happened everywhere except for around Noah. Rather, God had Noah prepare himself. You look at the destruction of Sodom. God told Lot to leave the city of Sodom. God didn't just rain down fire and brimstone and just, just put, a, put a shield over Lot's house. If we want the peace of God, we have to listen when he speaks. If you think about the other side of those stories, if Noah hadn't built his ark, maybe he would have been sitting there as the floodwaters are rushing in, crying out to God, save me. But we don't know because that's not what's recorded in the word because we see Noah's obedience. We have to listen when God speaks. There's four ways I've identified in scripture that God speaks to people. Through his written word, through a still small voice or an unction, through other people, and then through an audible voice. And it usually happens in that order. 
The first way that God likes to talk to each and every one of us is through his word, through his Bible. And when that's not working, then you might feel a little nudge in the spirit and the Holy Ghost in you that you need to go make a change. And if that doesn't get your attention, find people that come into your life that'll start sharing scripture with you. And on the rare occasion, when God really needs to get a hold of somebody, he'll do it through an audible voice. You look at the story of the Israelites when they're leaving Egypt. God made a way for them to cross the Red Sea. They didn't just get transported across. The Egyptians didn't just all disappear. God walked with them through their storm. Joshua at Jericho. God didn't just strike everybody in Jericho dead. Rather, God crumbled the walls after they had marched around the walls. Sometimes we have to take that step of faith. We don't always know that we're going to step onto solid ground when we step out. But when we're working with God and we're following God and we know that he cannot lie, and we've got a promise in the book, we can take a step of faith. We can step out and respond to what God wants us to do. Look at the story of Daniel in the lion's den. God sent an angel to shut the mouth of those lions. God didn't just miraculously change his circumstance. He wouldn't get thrown in that lion's den. Daniel ended up in the lion's den with an angel of the Lord next to him. I don't know whether he saw physical manifestation, but I do know that he told King Darius that an angel of the Lord had shut the mouths of the lions. The three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't get spared from the fire. They went into that fire. But scripture records that when they looked into the fiery furnace, they saw a fourth that was the likeness of the Son of God. Sometimes we have to take a stand for truth. We have to take a stand for what's right. We live in a world that is condemning us for going to church. We live in a world that is condemning us for reading our Bibles. But we have to take that stand for truth and just know that God is going to be there with us. He is faithful. And when we're in his word, he gives us peace. Had Daniel just stopped praying or had those Hebrew children just bowed down to the idolatry of their world, they would not have had that peace any longer. When the three Hebrew boys came before Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel 3, 16 through 18, says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this manner. Meaning, we're, we're not skeptical of what we're saying. We're confident in telling you that we're not going to bow down. He said, if it be so, our God who is able... So Nebuchadnezzar told them, you're going to get thrown in the fiery furnace if you don't bow down and worship. And they said, we're not, we're not slow to answer. We're not being cautious when we answer. We're telling you, we're not bowing down. And if that be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us out of the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. So they're acknowledging that God's bigger. They're saying that God is going to cancel the storm. But in verse 18, it says, But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. 
But if not, that is a statement of peace. But if not, I'm holding to what I know is bigger than anything this world can, hold, can throw at me. But if things don't go the way I think they should go, I know that I'm still standing with the Prince of Peace. Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And on a side note, because I've been talking about how he created everything on earth, God created heaven, and you look at the descriptors of heaven, we all have white robes, we're never hungry, no thirsty, the sun's not going to burn us, there's no tears in heaven, we're in God's presence all the time, there's no death, no sorrow, no pain, there's many mansions, and it's never night. It's going to be a great place, and I can't wait to get there. But that was a segue. God created heaven and earth. He is all-powerful. He can solve all the world's problems. All right. Except for, except for, uh, except for man's will. Can't solve that one. Or man's poor decision-making is probably a better way of phrasing that. <laughs> But in Psalms 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not need anything. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. No matter where we are at in life, no matter what we are facing, God can be with us if we invite him to be with us. No matter what kind of judgment we ever receive for being a Christian, God is with us. The Apostle Paul, before he became the Apostle Paul, was one of the worst terrorists of that time. He was destroying the world in defense of his faith. The first time you see him is at the stoning of Stephen. They take Stephen out and it says they laid their coats at the feet of a uh, laid their coats at the feet of Saul. And they stone Stephen, calling upon God, saying, Lord, or, and as the and they stone Stephen, who was calling upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down, cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And Saul was consented to his death, and there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Saul was doing everything in his power to wreak havoc in this church before his conversion. You see in Acts 9, and Saul was breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord and to the high priest. He knew everything there was to know about the Old Testament scriptures. 
he thought he had everything all figured out. And he was trying to stop what he thought were these false teachers. But after a divine intervention, after he sees God on the road to Damascus, it took this divine intervention to stop him and show him the truth. We can have peace knowing that God forgives all sins. Yes, even the one, even that one. We can have peace knowing that God can forgive all of our sins. There is nothing that we can do that there's not enough grace to forgive. Romans 5.20 says, Moreover the law entered that offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. There will always be enough grace to cover any amount of sin that ever gets into our life. God called Paul to preach, but Paul was feeling inadequate. In Acts 22.19-21, it said, And I said, Lord, thou knowest that I imprisoned and beat in every synagogue, them that believed, or I, I imprisoned and beat in every synagogue them that believed on you. And when the blood of thy martyr Stephen was shed, I was standing by, consenting unto his death, and kept the raiment of them that slew him. So Paul is telling God, I'm not adequate to do your bidding. And God said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. And Paul founded a lot of churches. He went on four missionary journeys. Wrote 13 or more of the epistles. He went through a lot. Colossians 3, 8 through 11 says, But now... But now you also put these off. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have you put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created he him. There is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. When we become Christians, we take on this new identity. We're not divided by any other kind of identity other than we are all united as Christians. There's not different factions. We're all Christians. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are come, become new. Stephen, as he's being stoned, had this but if not mentality. As they're stoning him, or as he knew at risk of being stoning, he knew that God was going to deliver him, but if not, he's going to preach. Joshua at Jericho, but if not, we're still going to march around these walls. David fighting with Goliath, but if not, I will still fight for my God. David was told not to pray, or Daniel was told not to pray, but if not, I'm still going to pray. Paul and all of his adversity and infirmities. But if not, I'm still going to be a missionary. Shadrach and Abednego. But if not, we will still not bow down. Let's all stand. Isaiah 55, 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my God, so are my ways, being God's ways, higher than your ways, and my thoughts, your thoughts. It should be so simple. God is smarter than me. God's smarter than you. God is smarter than all of us. 
We can trust him, church. We can trust him. We can trust his word. We can trust every promise in his word. But we have to keep studying and we have to keep learning what he would have us to do. Luke twenty-two forty-two, 42, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. We can't come to the word of God or to God saying, I want things my way. We have to yield our will to his will. We don't always understand what he wants to do. We don't always understand why things are happening. We can always ask God for help. But we have to keep this but if not mentality. But if not, I'm still going to read my Bible. But if not, I'm still going to pray. But if not, I'm still going to fast. But if not, I'm still going to worship you, God, because I know who you are. But if not, I'm still going to share the love of God in a lost and dying world. And I will never give up. Purpose in your heart that you're going to hold on to God and stay aligned with God's peace, even when you don't understand what's going on. You can have that peace because you can just you cast your cares upon him. You can give him your problems. You can understand that we don't have to understand. If there's anything to understand, it's to understand that you don't have to understand. You just have to keep seeking after God. Keep aligning yourself with God. Keep drawing closer to God. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Tell God that you're in this forever no matter what and you will not turn your back on him. Remind him that you are fully devoted, fully committed and ask him if there's anything in your heart that has separated you from him. The only sin that God can't forgive you from is the one that you don't ask for forgiveness for. So ask him if there's anything in your life that he wants to help, that he wants you to work on, that he wants you to change that would help you to walk closer with him, that would help you stay in relationship with him. Because when we follow relationship with God, we follow to peace with God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word. God, we thank you for your grace and mercy and peace. God, we thank you for who you are and everything that you do, Lord Jesus. God, I'm asking that you examine my heart, God. You help me to identify things in my life that need rooted out, things in my life that would separate me from having your perfect peace in my life. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7 starts out, be careful for nothing. Careful, in that context there, means being full of care. Words change over time, but in the old, old English, it means that being full of care. It's the opposite, or it's, it's being anxious. So he's telling them, be careful for nothing, or be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious. But in everything, by prayer and supplication... Prayer is communication, supplications, requests, with thanksgiving. Whatever you ask for, be grateful in everything he is. 
let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart, your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Your heart is your emotions, and your mind is your physical existence. It's you. With all that in mind, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When you can keep God first in your life, you can have his peace. Let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done in this place today. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for what it's done to minister to each and every individual today. God, go with us into the remainder of our day and into our week, God. And I pray that you help us to keep your word at the forefront of our minds. In Jesus' name, amen.